Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 28th episode of the Zoobcast. I'm Adam, joined as always by Louie and Josh. Uh, we got, we're going to get to some stuff in this episode. We're going to talk a little bit about, because the offseason's coming up, but they have 10 games left, the Sens, this year, eh? Only 10. It's crazy. It's coming to an end. So we're going to talk a little bit about what might happen with the free agent situation in the offseason. But before we do that, uh, they did play a few games. A noteworthy game against the Montreal Canadiens uh, last weekend. Uh, they won, so let's get that out of the way. That's that's great. They won. That is uh, the only meaningful thing that happened yes. in the and now entire we'll move game. On. <laughs> no, but uh, Timmy, Timmy's in the news uh, because of. Okay, let's clear something up here. I think we're on the same page. He is being accused of diving by Brendan Gallagher. I personally well, don't. I've... Okay. I've been told oh, yeah, by you know what you go, Josh, because you you your tweet. I've well, received so. four. I haven't checked in a couple of days, but last I checked, like four hundred twenty replies, mostly Habs fans. Apparently, according to them, um, diving is fine as long as you get back up after. The issue is when you stay down for more than an undetermined amount of seconds. Right. That number apparently is basically variable based on how long Stutzla is on the ice. Right. Um. So it's very undetermined what the issue is, but because I, for those who I guess didn't see the tweet, I guess it kind of went around like sense Twitter and then clearly Habs Twitter. I literally was getting subtweeted by Habs Twitter like three days later. Um, I wasn't like, I don't know if this will go on like the, the 30 second clip we post, but I'll try and clear the air if Habs fans ever see this. I don't actually think that what Gallagher did in the video I posted was like, outrageously bad like oh my god give him a diving no. penalty on all of them except the no. zoo one that one was really bad yeah that was bad. hilarious yeah. um that's true those are just that's just how you show refs that you're drawing penalties because refs are really bad at calling penalties stutzla does the exact same thing the difference is he's not as strong he's 20 years old like and in the play in question he literally got knee on need and yeah. as we now know missed two games out of it right so clearly you know not a question of diving. Um, the fact that Habs fans thought he was <laughs> missing games just to spite Gallagher in his comments <laughs> is just outrageous. Like, just so funny. But yeah, that's I guess that's what he's being accused of, is more like staying on the ice for, I guess, a couple seconds, even though that barely ever happens. And I find it ridiculous that, like, they're like, oh, well, we draw the line that's staying on the ice. How is that going to help yeah. us? Yeah. Even if he does, like, and it's especially true. on that play, it's like he gets knee on knee. That hurts. Of course, he's going to be down. And then he gets up. The adrenaline starts flowing again. It kind of takes him through the rest of the game, right? Which is why sure. he was mm-hmm. able to, you know, continue playing. And now he's injured, like, or he was, I guess. He's come back since. So it should it should also be noted he took a high stick later in that game. <laughs> yes. Which apparently, barely reacted to. By the way, barely reacted. Yeah, and some from people, Gallagher. From Gallagher should be noted. And people thought that that was a bit of a dive, which I, I really, that one I can't really understand at all. Like, 
you you took a stick in the face in the middle of a hockey game. You okay? You imagine anybody on Twitter took a stick to the face in a hockey game? Oh my god, they'd be rolling on the ground. It'd be awful. Um, but yes, I mean, I, I think we all we all the, the three of us I think have all acknowledged like Stutzla obviously falls easily, and that's just true. with how he plays, like just with his weaving and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's such a shifty player, like. And like last year, and a bit this year, but not as much. Like, remember how much Kachuk fell? Like just falling. Yes. Nobody's oh, calling Kachuk falls. a diver. He still falls. Yeah, but he, it used to be way more. Like when he was Stitzel's age, nineteen and twenty. It's like yeah. it's just because the lower body strength's not there in terms of like you know the low center of gravity. Obviously, they're strong because they're good skaters. Well, Stitzel's a good skater, um, <laughs> but it's just it's just like it's about falling because you're going full speed and you're getting like you know, a little stick in your, in your legs or whatever. It's not about blatantly diving. Why are you taking, why would you take yourself out of a play on purpose? Yeah. You know, just to try and draw a minor. A breakaway I'm, I'm pretty sure valuable. he was in the offensive zone too. Like it was not advantageous for him. Uh, no, was it the high was in stick? the D zone. The high stick no, behind the, his own. Both, both no, were in the D zone. The knee. The knee on They knee. were both in the D zone because yeah. that was in the second and it was in the right. opposite oh. end oh, you're right. of the third. But he was still, yeah. he was about to get around Suzuki and then break out. So, again, still, like, you're not getting an advantage. So, I guess has fans thought he was trying to turn a two into a five. He's just, yeah. like, he got right back up, right? Five, six yeah. seconds it, later, whatever. It also should be noted that Nick Suzuki did apologize, which I find pretty yeah. funny that Suzuki did. Well, that's good. Like, you know, Suzuki I mean, it didn't that. look really too intentional. No, so. I don't, I don't, and no. I'm not calling Suzuki a dirty player at all. I don't no. think that was intentional. I found it funny that Nick Suzuki apologized mid game. And then Brendan Gallagher after the game on like, he's like speaking like yeah. on behalf of Nick Suzuki for some reason. And he's like, yeah, like, like, what are you doing? And that was, <laughs> you don't have and to do Gallagher that. right after like went off to try and rip Stutzla's head off in the last shift yeah, of the game. Yeah, what the hell too. was that? <laughs> At the end of the game. That was so stupid. And then Stutzla still like buried him to the yeah, ground. Yeah, he took Gallagher down. <laughs> yeah. Also, anyway. yeah. So that's. There's uh, also a, a small picture of Gallagher actually kneeing someone on the sense in the third period, which is just makes things even funnier. It's somewhere on Twitter. I'm, I'm not sure who tweeted it, but it's a good way to cite your sources there. Um, yep. Anyway, twitter.com. We'll leave it at that. There's been some good discourse on, on twitter.com ever since that uh, certain incident. The, the, and you know, the thing that I've seen actually is from at least my perspective, most of the fans of other teams are also recognizing that Gallagher's comments are pretty out of touch and not true. So I don't really think many people like, like most people are on the right side of this. Like I, I don't see many people siding with people saying that, uh, Stuzel was a diver. Fans. Yeah. Yes. Not one game earlier in the season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, so, but you know what the sense won and that's what matters because everybody loves when the sense beat the halves. So, and speaking of the game, Rangers, <laughs> that game was a waste of everybody's time and energy. I didn't see a second of it. I'm completely honest. I watched the whole game. On I watched couch. the first and then completely kind of tuned out. The first Austin I fully Watson, watched. Yeah, first, okay. First of all, shout out to Austin Watson, who's having the week of his life. He's got like four goals. Like he's nipping it. Like he's frigging all over the place. Austin Watson, week of his life. Great job. Good on you. He scores early in the first period of that game. Everyone's like, oh, no way. That's crazy. It's their first shot of the game. Shesterkin, Hart candidate? I don't think so. Austin Watson, nip. And now they're off and running. And it was just so downhill from that exact moment. It was just crazy. I remember I saw this on Twitter, too. 
hypo, you know, me citing my sources somewhere on Twitter, but apparently, so Henrik Lundqvist is on the Rangers like intermission panel, I think. And apparently after the first period was over, it was like, I think the score was one, one after the first, but the Rangers were just all over the sentence. And Henrik Lundqvist goes really disappointed in Ottawa. Like, thought that they would have more legs and like, you know, thought that they'd be better. And like, what, what do you think, what kind of team do you think the Sens are? <laughs> like they're 27, be fair, in the league. Like to be fair, Rangers also aren't a good team. <laughs> like I know, I know that they're like top 10 in the league in points, but it's literally just Shesterkin. At five true. on five, they're like their uh, advanced stats are like bottom five in the league. Like not even exaggerating. Well, Obviously probably- they're like a playoff team and all, but it's literally just, a, they're getting carried by a 940 goalie. But yeah, they're the Sens are far worse. Chris Kreider has fifty goals, so that yeah. probably helps. Adam them, Fox is Adam Fox. Adam Fox. Adam. He took a penalty in that game, though. So get <laughs> what, what, Adam Fox. No, nope. You would not know. Um, but anyway, the Sens just completely crapped their pants the rest of that game, which is really too bad um, because they started quite well. And yeah, that that was such a slog watching that. They didn't get anything going all game. You'll have games like that, I guess. Doesn't make it any more fun, but I guess. We can all take pride knowing that that did not matter even in the slightest that we lost that. So way to go, Sens. Then they played Winnipeg, second night of a back-to-back. A 4-3 loss that a lot of people sounded much more okay with. Uh, it is the second half of a back-to-back. It was a very close game. Brady had a couple goals, including a really, like, a baseball swing, essentially. In, in honor of the baseball Sens. In the honor of the baseball Sens. Shout out to the Jays, by the way. Good start to the year for them. Um, talk about them for a while if you want. Just let me no, know. <laughs> no, no, thanks. Uh, yes, let's talk about that collapse yesterday. That was fun. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Brady Kachuk scores twice, sends loose 4 3. You know what I did notice though? And DJ Smith commented this after the game. The Sens this year, besides last night against the Jets, have been so incoherently bad six on five. Like have we even scored once? No, on no, 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 no. Don't. No, of course not. That's not even in the car. We're not even in that realm this year. And then last night they go six on five for like a minute and a half, and it's like unreal. Like they're like whipping it around, like good zone entries, shots on, close scrambles in front. Tim Stutzel should have tied the game and got just robbed by Hellebuck. He didn't get a lot on the shot, but it was Eric great Brandstrom save. kept like three distinct clears, like from yeah, he out was of the good zone. last night. He's had his struggles lately, but he said he was great last night. And you know what? A decent loss, I'd say. Glazer has his hand up in the Zoom, so I'm going to I have found the stats. Okay. The Sens have one goal with the empty net, with an empty net. Like, with their net being empty. This, this year? 14 goals against, yes. Well, is this counting delayed penalties? Um, yeah, well, it's, yes. It's with I don't think so it was six, like... That's six on five. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. got to be a delayed penalty. There's, but, I, I can guarantee yeah, you they have not scored down a goal pulling the goalie well yeah because it was literally against the half last game colin white yeah yeah so that was the first one That's oh my unreal. god <laughs> Remember? Holy yeah because yeah. on the stitzel on the high stick to stitzel in the third period so so they have one goal for 14 goals against the only other nice. team with one is boston gotta be somehow the very offensively strong oilers and leafs only have two and three meanwhile so you know by the way, we're, four. <laughs> we're third um, with goals against when the other team has an empty net. So, wait, what just is absolutely stellar. Well, as like as in when the other team is trying to tie it late against us. 
we've like given up the third most or we've given least? up we've given up the third most oh no way yes so wow. when there's an empty net watch out for the sense <laughs> oh you know yeah what's, you know what's really funny about that is the sense special teams have gotten like significantly better this year but apparently six on five does not translate to that because they seem to I mean, it's completely yeah, different it's completely with the amount different. of space there's it is more urgency it is. too it is like you know yeah. extra man and down a man same concept but what are you going to do anyway uh sends lose to winnipeg they've dropped two in a row two in a row three in a row? three who, what was the third one what do you mean it... nashville. nashville nashville yeah oh, they nashville. played nashville oh. yeah we skipped that wow we suck okay nashville uh, how dare we skip the borrow return game. game oh he was it was i kind of forgot that one happened actually i won't lie i don't even our know chance at it. four straight for the first time in over five years Oh yeah, lost three to two. Lost three to two. I honestly don't remember anything about that game. There was something that existed. All I remember is there was a Ryan Johansson goal where people thought he batted it out of the air, but you could barely tell if he actually yeah that. Oh, I remember that. But if he touched it, it was definitely a high stick, and that was the game winner. I don't think he touched it, but I saw some people thought he did. I don't know. UC Soros is unbelievably good. He's nuts. Well, yeah, yeah, he's, he's crazy. I honestly thought you know. The sense I don't I don't actually really remember anything about that game I won't lie but I remember earlier in the year they the Sens well. played Nashville and I was just like they played all right but UC Soros was like literally the only reason that they did right, earlier play. in the year you mean like mm. two weeks ago yes yeah <laughs> I don't I don't know my perception of time it's exam season no one no one knows what's going on but uh, anyway so yes they played Nashville Warvietsky got a great tribute which was nice to see. Um, Nice video. Everyone stood up and clapped, and he was clearly pretty happy to be back, uh, which was good. They're going to make the playoffs, probably, Nashville. That'll be nice to see if Boro get some games. I'll cheer for him. I, I feel like they're just kind of like a boring team. Yeah, Like, I the OC is a fun player, but they just have, like, six forwards on the most insane shooting benders of their life. The most – the arguably top three power play merchant teams in the league. Like, I don't know. I mean, the Sens aren't the most entertaining, but, like, as a – like. When I compare to other opponents, that was a pretty boring, I thought. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. And uh, But you know what? They're going to the playoffs and we're not, so we can't really talk. Um, but we will see how they do. And uh, that, I believe, is the other Sens game and the last Sens game that happened that past week, which we clearly just completely oblivioned, obliterated from our mind as soon as it happened because nobody remembered. Um, but anyway. All right, so as promised, the uh, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the Sens offseason because that's coming up soon. And uh, I think in a future episode, we'll talk about like draft and, and maybe like Targets. concrete potential yeah. lineup. Yeah. But for now, one thing that we do know is which free agents are on expiring contracts for the Sens, both RFA and UFA. We're not going to talk about every single one because to be completely honest, I don't think many people care about Dylan Gambrell's contract negotiations. So we might admit, admit that, but there's a couple key guys that are up this year. And w- the one that has probably been the most documented is Josh Norris, who is just absolutely ripping through teams right now. Like he is just scoring almost at will from that spot and from front of the net too. So I had this, or I had this debate actually with my dad the other day, and I would like to hear your thoughts on which side you believe is the correct side. I believe that Josh Norris is going to make more than Brady Kachuk. 
and my dad believes that he's going to make less than Brady Kachuk. What do you think is going to happen, Josh? I oh okay. No, he said I, Josh Norris. Oh, he so said Josh. Norris. I thought he said Josh. Said Josh <laughs> yeah, go ahead. You go first. Um, I think he'll make less, but he should make more. Really? Just because I think that the way that they've kind of lined it up with Kachuk is they'll have it be as in like he's the captain, he's your because she's even making more than Shabbat, which I mean, I don't think either of us would have it that way if we you know would negotiate them now and even back then, but just obviously Norris is currently the better player with just the sheer amount of impact on the goals that he just won't stop scoring. But mm-hmm. I think they'll have it so that they'll have, they'll say Kachuk is our captain. He's the benchmark. He's our, the face of the organization. So everybody's going to be measured to that. So I don't think like, it might be like really close. Like it might be 8 million or it might be close to that, but I don't think he'll make more. And I, I mean, I hope not just for the sake of our cap space, but you know, I, yeah, I agree that like he deserves to make more, but not in the sense that he should be making like 8.5 to Brady's 8.2. Should be more like Norris should be making a bit under eight and Kachuk should be making around seven or something exactly. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think your options with Norris should either be sign him. If you can get him long-term at 7.5 or less, which is like a big ask because of how many goals he's scoring, then you do it. But if he wants something like eight or more, I think you just give him a one year. Like, even if it's a lot of money, because you have so much cap space, the goal output. Then, like, you're taking, you're taking on a risk by, like, okay, if he repeats it, then we have to probably pony up an extra mil or two a year, which is a lot. But I don't think anyone's expecting him to continue shooting, like, what is it right now? Like, 22, 23%. Yeah. So, like, if he regresses back to, like, 30 goal 55 60 point guy stuck at like above 8 million a year for your probably your second line center you're really you're already going to be in a in a bad cap space with that and brady's contract so that's what i would say yeah yeah it's a fair point i think my perspective was more you know look at so they have the same agent if i'm not mistaken josh norris and brady kachuk and so if i'm josh if i'm that agent i'm going into the Josh Norris contract negotiations with the main point being like, okay, look at Brady Kachuk's contract and look at how much better Josh Norris was this year than Brady Kachuk and going off of that, which I understand is, you know, like Louie made a good point where he's the captain and he's the benchmark. And obviously, you know, he's on a, he's shooting what 25% this year. Like that's ridiculous. Like, but, and it'll come down, but the thing is, he still has a nuts shot. So, like, even with true. the amount of shots and to whatever it'll regress to, which will most likely be over the mean. It's true. It's I don't know. Also, I think you can make the argument, like, I think Dorian can make the argument in that conversation. Like, look, the reason that we're paying Brady so much is not just the points that he's putting up. It's mm-hmm. also, like, the fact that he's able to play in the top six those points while also being, like, a physical presence, being the captain of the team. Not that it necessarily means that he's worth that, but that could be the arguments that they use to justify not giving him more just because he has more goals. Well, but that's, yeah. but that's I mean, you've kind of also hinted at the, you know, the other end of the spectrum, which is like, if you're the agent, you can just say, okay, yeah, he brings physical presence and he's like a leader, but you know, what's more valuable to winning games that or, you know, 30 goals. A what year. do you think Pierre Dorian thinks? Well, I'm not Pierre Dorian. I won't try to it's act like, like that's I am. what I'm trying to. Yeah. 
But that's the it, point I'm kind of getting at. I don't know. I think one thing that I will say is I don't think that this negotiation is coming down to the last week before the puck drops. I don't know, man. From what like some of the stuff was like that was said so far, they were like, there's still like I, I don't know if it was a Bruce Garriock article or if it was directly a quote from Dorian or anything or like anyone else that's close to the situation, but they said something like, We're still a while away from oh no, I remember now. So it was it was Garriock during the intermission. And he, like he was asked about the Norris contract, and he was like, "Are we talking about this already? We're still so many months away from September." That's like, oh yeah, yeah September. <laughs> that's really like, shouldn't you be planning to get this done earlier? And that's yeah. that's like their date that they're hoping. Like it could always extend over past that. So I wouldn't be surprised if it comes close. Like Batherson was still kind of late, right? It was like beginning of September. I guess I think the thing that's really going to be the kind of catalyst in this is the ownership situation because yeah definitely i think if you bring in no i you know i have no idea what's going to happen like i it seems from what you know people like ian mendez and sean simpson are are saying that there's a, a good chance that the team is going to be sold by uh who I, th- I guess it's anna and olivia melnick that yeah. currently technically own it right now um, well, yeah, that's what we think, right? Yeah, but, don't know but the... of course. But what I'd say is, the sooner that it gets sold, if we're assuming that that's the path that's being taken, I think the better that is for Josh Norris contract negotiations, because that's kind of one less thing that he's probably worrying about when signing with this team. Like, wow, they don't even have a real, you know, they don't even have an owner right now. He could possibly be saying. And then if you get ownership, that kind of stabilizes things a bit. You can set the budget from whatever the owner wants to do, and then you can allocate your dollars and your That's, negotiation strategy for Josh Norris. The issue, though, I think is like now that if there's a new owner, you would expect, especially if it's a group of people as opposed to one owner like Malik was, there probably won't be an internal salary cap lower than the NHL cap, right? Like you'd expect Hopefully, there not to yeah. be, especially if they're contending. So you, now you have to actually be making like really smart decisions. Like we've yeah. seen like Kyle Dubas and like, you know, the Leafs AGM, I forget his name. Like they're very good at cap management, but you still tell that like they're strapped for cap. And mm-hmm. unless you have a very smart GM, like you're going to need to, like they have the really good Batherson contract, right? But you can't just let that go to waste and say, okay, Batherson could probably make three mil more. Let's just give it all to Norris. Because right. then you can't get other yeah. really good deals. Or you can't fit other guys in there. That's a good point. So, like, yeah, you know, like, I think sense fans are like, we just want the security of having our, like, the young guys we like locked in. But I think if we're entering a new era of, like, ownership and stuff, it's like, for the first time in a while, we actually have to be conscious of the real salary cap. Yeah. Which is not a, something that we're used to, which is pretty sad to say, but. <laughs> it's, it's a good point. And, you know, we can go back and forth because obviously, you know, maybe September is probably a really weird date to be looking for but we are pretty early here like it's it's not even the off season yet oh yeah so. i'm not worried at this point just, exactly. just something that like they actually have to keep an eye on you know the future yep i agree and you know josh norris is not the only person that needs to be signed here in the off season we should try to get through a couple more of these uh matthew joseph has been friggin' unreal since he came over from the nick paul trade and that's great. It's awesome. I've really enjoyed watching him. I know a lot of other people have. 
but now you got to pay him something probably. And I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like I, I did not watch a lot of Matthew Joseph before he came here. I don't know what his point totals are like. I don't know what his stats are like. I don't know, you know what, I don't know what he's worth, but you would have to think that, you know, it, you, you know, I don't think you're going to sign Matthew Joseph long-term. That doesn't really seem, you know, you have to save some of the long-term dollars for more core guys, but Louis, what is your, if you had to make some sort of, uh, you know, kind of educated guess on what you think that contract with Joseph could look like, what would you say? Well, I think you're right in terms of it's probably going to be a one or two year, unless, again, th- this all depends on how much they actually think he could slot. Because DJ said, like, with what when Batherson, Batherson comes back, he wants to keep maybe trying Stutzla Batherson. Yeah. Keep Joseph on the first line or yep. Connor Brown or whatever, because that lets you have two big dual threats. Again, it's going to come down to what it's been 10 games so far with him. There's still another 10 to go. He's a point per game so far. I doubt that holds. I mean, hope it does. Well, you never know. And he's currently got, I think, the best expected goal share on the team at even strength. Uh, Colin yeah. White. 50... Really? <laughs> Colin, Colin White's White. really high. Yeah. Not, uh, yeah, sorry. Colin White is second per okay. natural stat trick out of 51.9. Joseph is at a 57.68, which is just absolutely ludicrous, even through wow. 10 games. Yeah. So he's driving play and he's getting a ton of points, even though it's only been 10 games. I don't know. It's going to be a one or two year contract, especially given that he wasn't really producing beforehand. Like if you look at his numbers in Tampa, he had 18 and 58, like before coming to Ottawa last year, he had 19 and 56, like, which is pretty much the exact same almost. I guess the argument that you can make there is he has way more of an opportunity here than he did in Tampa Bay. Oh, definitely. So, you know, if you're Matthew Joseph's agent, I'm, you know, I'm probably using that as a negotiation point. Um, I, but I think I would jo- turn around and give, I would offer him the exact same thing they offered Nick Paul, see if he takes it four times 2.5. Mm, yeah. Because like, I'm even if like you just watch him play and you can just tell that like, there's probably like, they probably wanted him to have more of a defensive role in Tampa compared to what DJ expects of him in Ottawa. So even if he, is a third liner like 2.5 mil for a third liner is not a bad thing, especially a guy who can play yeah. on the PK mm-hmm. and probably, I think ideally could be on the second power play unit. So if he would accept that, I think that'd be pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how much more I do. If he doesn't want to get that, then yeah, you do like one or two years and just see if he can repeat it. Cause... I get the, yeah, I get the vibe that he likes it here. I think mm-hmm. that he enjoys having a more he's with elevated... his best friend Shabby. Like well, how he's with he his not? best friend Shabby. Like he's got a role where he can play. Like Josh said, he was, you know, I mean, I'm sure that if you're really good at it and like, you know, some people pride themselves on being good defensively, but when you get the opportunity to score and to play offense, that's probably pretty fun, right? Like you play hockey because you like scoring goals most of the time. So you'd have to think that that factors in, like, I'm not saying he's going to take some crazy discount, but I think he'd probably be much more open to negotiations um, than maybe someone else. But uh, we will see what it looks like for Matthew Joseph. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say 2.5 is a pretty reasonable AAV, no matter, you know. You also remember, like, Tierney's 3.5 is coming off the books. So if you, you know. replace, if you think, I'm doing air quotes on the video. If you replace uh, Joseph with, T- like, Tierney with Joseph, sorry, like, you're still saving money and getting a far better player. True. <laughs> if you kind of, yeah. like, do a one-for-one one in that sense. Yeah. Yep. So we will, uh, we'll see what happens with Matthew Joseph. Uh, we'll keep going down the list here. 
Eric Branstrom has had a bit of a polarizing season. He's had his ups and his downs, and he's due a contract at the end of the year. Um, I don't even really know how you would do this. Like, I, I think that if you are re-signing him, like, obviously, there's the trade talk that may or may not happen. Like, we're, let's ignore that for now. Like, let's say that their plan is to re-sign him. You'd have to think it's like a one or two year deal, right? Like a max two years. I think they go the the Mete route that they did last year. Yeah. And do pretty much exactly that, which was what like a one year, one point two million is what they gave him. Sure. Yeah. So maybe around there, like maybe a little less, a little more, whatever. Because he still played like what? How many games did he play this year? Like forty something. Most of them. He's got ten points still, which I mean, again, it's Love nothing it. crazy, but that's <laughs> enough to give you a little one year deal to keep going so, i think just, they, i, I think you ahead. could just do like go up to his agent and say what is the most amount of years that your client would accept at a million dollars or less just be like okay whatever if he accepts three years at a mill and he's your seventh or eighth d-man whatever Perfect. or he like breaks out and he's on a really good deal but yeah i think i said it in the last episode like probably just giving him a one year like prove it deal yeah and it's his last shot at least with the sends maybe not in the nhl I think a good coach and a good system could really make him do well, but he obviously have to, like, yeah, you would have to yeah. think this is his last chance with the Sens this next year. Yeah. And I do, I do, th- I don't see Dorian giving up on him because the last time he spoke about him was really positively and he yeah. traded the best forward that the Sens have had in a long time for him. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, uh, it's fair. I, I don't think that's going to be a particularly, I mean, I wonder if that, that might be an arbitration one you got to think maybe if is he arbitration eligible or eligible Eligible? i have no idea that's i'm not the arbitration Uh, let's see um while you is not not not? okay then uh, once again i'm wrong in my analysis so we'll move on who is though victor mate victor mate is yeah i don't i i'd be surprised if he's coming back we didn't even have him on the list so oh by the way just another footnote joseph is arbitration eligible so we can see something there who knows yeah, that's interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll wait and see on, on the arbitration stuff. Uh, let's try to bang a couple more of these out here. Alex Formanton is due a contract. He's had a very good year. Um, he's probably climbed the rankings in a lot of people's favorite sentence lists because I think he's gotten much, much better than people thought that he was going to be. And he's been unreal on the PK. He's been contributing offensively. And he needs a contract. I look at this a lot like how we were talking about Joseph. I think that they that could be a very similar contract if Louis, maybe you think the same. Yeah, the 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 counterpoint with Formington is that he's been a little bit more on a downward slope these last few games. Like I think he's only got like one point in his last ten. And his last one was in a goal against Florida. But then again, that's super recency bias. And the cap though. <laughs> in the future. Yeah. yeah I mean for, yeah, I I do think it'll be something similar to Joseph. Um maybe I don't see them going further than three years, honestly, just based on his usage this year and everything. Uh, it's it's kind of cryptic, personally. I'm I'm not really sure. Like it'll probably be yeah around like maybe three times three max, um, but I don't see much more. I just I wonder like, you know, a guy with like his speed, you know, because the knock on him is he's like he's so fast, but he just can't really score. Like he's just he's like he can't finish. Like he gets has so many breakaways and can't do it. You, if you get him on like a three by three, let's say, and he figures out how to put the puck in the net for a little bit, 
that's a great contract all of a sudden. Then you're looking at a guy who's probably scoring 20 goals, you would hope, you'd think. And Basically, you want him to have a Ryan Dezingle-like breakout. Is what exactly. Yeah. That's, that's exactly uh, what I mean. Yeah. But, well, I feel I mean, like Formington's already just as or more valuable than Dezingle was. Like, yeah, I just mean like in terms PK of goals, that. output on his... Goals, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, the, the formatted contract, I think, will be similar to the Joseph contract in terms of AAV and length. Um, you'd like, yeah, three by, I, I think a three by three is, is quite You got to remember, formatted is three years younger than Joseph, too. So exactly. It's like, yeah. You're not, yeah. You're not comparing, like, two 25-year-olds. Like, Formatton's 22, Joseph's 25. So Joseph's already in his prime, whereas yeah. Formatton's maybe a year or two away from it. Exactly. I know. It's cool, like. He probably ends up being a third liner, like down the road. If you're contending, I don't think he fits into your top six. But like a super speedy, the guy who gets a breakaway every other game, exactly, plays amazing on the PK. He's second in the league in penalty kill goals or shorthanded goals, I should say, much better term. He was like so, a point yeah. per game at some point for like a 15 game stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's doing really well. So like you have something there, like clearly, yeah. totally. Yeah, he's kind of like he's kind of like. Uh, the situation where his feet move just so much faster than his brain does. So he can't always make the same plays. Kapanen. He can't make plays at the same speed as he moves. I don't think he's as brickhead as Kapanen. I guess that's the term that people use. <laughs> Is that the term that but people use? The formal I've, term? I've Not the formal term, but I've okay. seen the term thrown around. Um, but yeah, I think again, it's one of those things where you, you have Kachuk long-term, you have Batherson long-term, you're going to have Norris hopefully long-term, Shabbat. You can't do everyone long term like like I would try to do in NHL twenty two yeah. franchise mode. Yeah, as, as you know, soon that, as they come out, you just get eight years, two point yeah. two million. <laughs> yeah, and then they never grow. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, no incentive to get better, but yeah, a short term deal wouldn't be terrible. No, and we should get one more here uh, to end it off. And what better guy to end it off with than the best to ever lace him up in Tyler Ennis? We've done a bunch of RFAs. They do have, believe it or not, the Sens do have unrestricted free agents also. Uh, and Tyler Ennis is one of them. And he's probably one of the only ones that, in my opinion, are worth bringing back. Um, what do you mean? He, Chris Tierney's a star. He's top 40 in this franchise talk points. Come so on. much on this podcast about Chris Tierney. We're not talking about Chris Tierney anymore. Uh, Tyler this may Ennis, be our last chance. Tyler I mean... Ennis. Tyler Ennis is good. And I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what the stats say. He brings it every night he does like he's in it he's on the puck like he's making plays great you talk about a good veteran to have on your team i would take tyler ennis on my team any day of the week and i would like him to be re-signed so that's my stance book it sure another pro tryout turned 700k league min deal why not bring him sure. back yeah why not yeah if he if he can't get a deal somewhere else i'm sure he wouldn't mind returning but i don't think there's a spot for him in the top nine next year so it's like, yeah, no. is Tyler Ennis, is 5'9", Tyler Ennis going to be on DJ Smith's fourth line? Fair point. Do you realistically see that? That's he could true, be like you a, get Pinto a, coming back. an injury. Yeah. Yeah, he could could definitely be. Sign another team's free agent, which is just foreign waters for us. Well, but if that we'll happens, happens. We'll then there's just really no room there. That top nine is, not that it's loaded, but it's like congested for a free agent. Yeah. It'll yes. depend on what happens with like a possible white buyout. If we trade Brown early yeah. in case we know we can't sign him, if there's somebody we draft, if they that bring comes Tierney in. back. Nope. Stop writing the episode. <laughs> All right. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening to this 28th episode of the Zoobcast. Uh, we hope to see you again next week. And 
hope that you have a great rest of your day. Thank you, everybody.